Hi, how are you? I'm okay, how are you? I'm pretty good. So first of all, thank you for accepting the invitation. So Sure, my pleasure. Okay, so I would like to ask you uh, a little about you, where you grew up in Toronto or you, no? No, I, I grew up in a place called Windsor, Ontario. Okay, uh, I know where it is, yes. It's right next to Detroit. It's actually the only Canadian city that's south of the U.S. Because mm -hmm. um, there's an inlet, and so very southern tip of Canada. A little more warm, eh? Yeah, very, very. Little. A little. <laughs> a little. <laughs> We're still Canada, but yeah. So, and uh, you born there and grew up there, and then your dad, they what they do down there. So Sure. Uh, my father was a lawyer, uh, oh, but okay. he, he uh, was a different type of lawyer than I am. He was... Uh, basically just a general practitioner, you know, he did real estate or wills or some criminal and he had a storefront practice, you know, glass and the whole thing. It wasn't uh, in one room. It wasn't anything fancy or anything of the sort. So he was a lawyer. And then I started law school there when I was about 20 and I came to Toronto when I was about 23 after I graduated from law school. So the inspiration become from your dad they, to become? Yeah, I guess that and the fact I had nothing else to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I really, I couldn't do anything else, so sure. And then what inspired you to go to immigration then? I started out at an immigration firm. <laughs> I didn't know it was an immigration firm. And I started out there, I came from Windsor, as I said, I didn't really know anything. Mm -hmm. So I, I started out and there were two other articling students and they had a bit of a litigation practice and a real estate practice. And uh, the other two articles, and I started out in immigration. They started one in real estate, one in litigation. Mm -hmm. We were supposed to rotate. The other two quit. So I was stuck in immigration. <laughs> so I learned immigration. <laughs> that was basically it. And you've been there since the, the beginning? And that kind of... I've only done immigration law. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, that's it. I've only done immigration law for, I guess, about 30 years now. Wow. Yeah. What's different the Toronto now than when you start kind of practicing the, the immigration lawyer? So the city was smaller. Yeah. And, you know, it was smaller. It was, you could go to the, in those days, I used to go to the immigration centers at like 6.37 in the morning with clients and you wait in line literally most of the day. And then at one or two in the afternoon, you got seen and you would argue your case or try to get what you needed to get. And sometimes you got it, sometimes you didn't. It was a long day. And then you'd go back to the office and you'd do your paperwork, but there were no mm -hmm. computers and there was no email. So you basically would just, you know, write out or dictate and, you know, then memos to file and that kind of thing. Whenever you had to write submissions, it took a lot longer. That's why there, I think there's less need for lawyers. There's less lawyers because there's so much technology. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to do research, you just go online and at the drop of a hat, you can pretty much find what you need. In those days, I used to have to go to Osgood, the law library, and, and, uh, you know, and, and do research and true up cases and all that kind of thing. So there's less people hours needed. That's why I think articling students are having a harder time finding jobs because you know, they're not as needed as they once were. Mm -hmm. So 
about your cases. So do you see the difference in now the applicants are going more to towards something different field than when you started right now? Like you see, well, when I started, I did a lot of enforcement work, meaning there were people who had made refugee claims or people who the government was trying to remove. Uh, things like that. As I got older and my practice shifted, I started doing more business immigration mm. and working for companies and individuals, mostly companies, in terms of getting temporary work permits or permanent residence for uh, people who are coming in to do technology to that point. There's more of a need for people in technical fields or uh, in, 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 in IT fields, things that are high skilled than mm -hmm. they were before. And now, of course, with COVID, everything's up in the air. And now we focus on basically trying to get people in, in a restrictive atmosphere. And if they need to do work um, uh, and, and not quarantine, then we try to make submissions with regard to that. Mm -hmm. Is more people from USA coming to here or from everywhere? It's everywhere else. But recently, given the political instability in the United States. And there are some people who um, are worried about themselves and their future and their kids' future. So I'm getting a lot of inquiries from U.S. citizens at this mm. point. Well, um, I think it's a function of having a very um, spirited or, you know, disruptive time in the U.S. So. Yes, it is. Yeah. The things that got me you is like you have that kind of, way to put stuff like uh, the, the the post that you shared yesterday is like a <laughs> so so i don't know i don't know if, if i can call you sarcastic but it's like a humor it's like a very nice way to put stuff so thank you i, I appreciate <laughs> you I, well i appreciate you finding it funny thank you um I, you know when this started the cold covid deal started i start thinking about what's funny about it. I mean, there's not a lot funny. I mean, people get ill, some people pass away, it's, it's create a lot of hardship. But in these times, I mean, if you can't find some kernel humor, <laughs> yes. humor, you know, because it's you'll, you'll go crazy. I mean, yeah, yeah, this is, is every day is another challenge. Every day, you know, you think to yourself, are they going to shut down again? I think one of the posts I wrote was about, you know, you're sick of worry. People are just tired of worrying. Uh, I, I mean, tired of feeling stressed about it, tired of having to deal with it on a daily basis, just want to go out or touch something and think, oh my gosh, I've touched that. Now I, did I get COVID? You know, it, <laughs> yes. it, it messes with your mind. Yes. It, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I am right now in Norway right now. So I, I live in Oakville. Oh, I'm, yes. Yeah. So, and then for some reasons I moved here and now even though with this new idea of kind of facilitating people to come and work here in, in Canada. So it's getting different because when you started, I started the idea on February and then everything changed and say, mm -hmm. okay, maybe I can slow down and just get everything set up. But like you said, it's, you never know if it's going to be able to, well, that's the hallmark of everything that's going on as well. Everything changes. It, it changes extremely quickly. And when it does change, you have to be, as a lawyer, you, or who supposedly practices it, you have to be on the ball and, and be ready with proper advice. Because the advice I give today may not be the advice I could give tomorrow. Exactly. And things are clarified. Uh, 
and it's and now with the U.S. putting sort of a, a break on, you know, with the proclamation on certain visas, people can't go into the U.S. It's tough. It's very tough, and and I think the confusion. It started out that people didn't know the questions that they didn't know. Mm-hmm. Now they know what they don't know, and they still don't know. So we're all <laughs> just sort of spiraling around. So and uh, right now, are you still in the office, and or you do everything on in your house? Or? Right. Um, I started out for the first, I think, four months at home. Wow. Now I'm in the now I'm in the office. I'm talking to you now from the office, but. I, I'm now in the office uh, two or three days a week and I work the other two days from home or, I mean, I work all days, but uh, I'm trying to get back to the office only for the sense of my own sanity. Yes. Just, I find I can't, some people like working from home full time. I need, you know, a mark where I here I'm home, then I'm somewhere else. Exactly. It helps me. It helps me not, you know, go into the atmosphere and become absolutely insane. <laughs> so you really love uh, immigration or is it right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I, you know, I'm 55 years old. I'm too old to love, love. Uh, now I just want to be friends with immigration. Um, oh, passionate. It, it, no, I, it's all I know. You know, it's it's okay. the one subject that I've spent my life on. Uh, if you were a dancer and you danced your entire life, then you would be passionate about dance only to the extent because it's what you know. Uh, I, I mean, I, I like different things, but this is how I make my living. And this is how uh, uh, the subject where I can honestly say I know a bit more than someone who doesn't do it. So what are your thoughts about this situation? So do you think it's coming? It's totally... I think, I think some governments are making a mistake. Here's the thing. Immigration is supposed to be a economic and social boom or benefit to a country. And you're needing immigrants to fill voids that you don't have and to expand and to grow. We sometimes don't look too far ahead because we're, we're, we're fearful. So for instance, Alberta has decided that they want to limit the amount of immigrants they get or in temporary work categories because they're fearful that the people in Alberta won't have jobs. And that's fair. It's a very fair comment. But at the same time, in order to create jobs, sometimes we need people coming in who will expand that. Uh, I think that Canada overall, has a very good view of immigration. They uh, are forward thinking with regard to it, but we sometimes give in to our, our anxiety for the moment and limit that. And, you know, it's a wave, it'll pass. I mean, I've been around a long time and I've seen things go up and go down. It's like the stock market, things go up, things go down. You know, everybody cries doom or the sky is falling a lot of the time, but that isn't necessarily the case. So I think in the end, we will eventually drift back to whatever normal is. But I, you know, people say it will never be the same again. Maybe, maybe. But, you know, there was a pandemic in 1918 to 1919 mm-hmm. where many people died. And if you look at the pictures, they were wearing masks and the whole thing. And, you know, years later, people weren't thinking about the pandemic. So, Yeah. 
So I noticed here, like, a, like you said, like people are kind of scared when you propose something, they, an immigrant to come and feel the, the need down here. But I think we need more information about that because I'm from Mexico. So you can see down there the need and the, they are really like, a, just give me the chance to work. So those people, when they are coming here, they really, really are very appreciated for the, the opportunity. And those people are more kind of hardworking, you know what I mean? And I've been here for a long time and you can see <laughs> the, 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 the thinking of Canadians sometimes we get a little more lazy, you know, because we have so many stuff. They, they say, oh, okay, if I don't like this job, I, I can work sometimes and then I can claim. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a valid point. I mean, I think, I think for the most part, yes, I think immigration and, immigra and immigrants are extremely uh, hardworking and grateful. Um, I'm working on editing a book. Uh, now with immigrant stories mm -hmm. and and you know going through these stories and the people that succeed the people the, the, when you ask them okay well what do you want to impart what do you mm -hmm. want to tell people is a work hard study learn the languages you know it, people that succeed work very hard. It sounds trite, it's a cliche, but it's true. A lot of times, especially in this day and age, people think that they don't have to work so hard to succeed. Yeah. And then they get frustrated and don't understand why they don't succeed if they don't work hard. I think the immigrant mentality is of working hard, it is of trying very hard. And to your point, sometimes we who get comfortable forget that. Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I always said in Canada is only the people who are not willing, uh, they, they don't want to advance, they don't advance because here we have everything put it together, programs, classes, everything. So just do the job. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah so, absolutely. So what, tell me about your book. So it's just uh, stories about immigrants. Yeah, um, hopefully it'll get published at some point, but uh, it's about individuals who um, there was a questionnaire sent out saying, okay, tell us about your life and certain questions. And based on those questions, we're putting together their stories. And so it'll be several stories of individuals coming from different places. You know, some came who were wealthy, some were very poor, some, uh, you know, had skills, some didn't, some knew English, some didn't, and, and what the highlights, the lowlights, things like that. So realistically speaking, it, it's, uh, it's somewhat interesting because there's certain things that everybody has differently or has done differently mm -hmm. and certain things where they're all very similar, Yeah. you know? And, and, and as I said, the concept of hard work, the concept of trying, the concept of, of embracing Canada for every successful person that seems to be uh, the common denominator. Mm -hmm. So anyways. And it's how many people they, 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 that you have already? 
I think 30 something. Wow. I think we have 30 something in that we're, we're working on. Yeah. But as I said, it's going to take a long time. First you do the stories and you go back and you edit and then that kind of thing. I mean, I think you some of it is very fascinating. I think you like to write, no? Like, a, yeah. like all the thoughts put it in. No, you're right. I, I do. I, I do like to write. I think that writing is, um, is important. I think that as part a lawyer, you're, you know, you're supposed to be able to write to some extent. Like a storyteller, you know? Like. I like writing. Um, I think that it's, you know what, too? When you write, you have, it's, it's something that's tangible. It's like building a birdhouse or, or you know, working with your hands. You start, there's a middle, there's a finish, here it is. And you put it out there. And sometimes it's good, sometimes it isn't. But it's out. Time, you know, yeah. you show something. Yeah. And do you, what kind of books do you read to get a little more inspired or something? I like uh, nonfiction more than fiction. I do read some fiction, but I like nonfiction biographies, uh, things like that. I like reading history. Like a, that um, gives us like the perspective to, to see right. stuff. That, that is exactly. I, I like to know what people's thoughts are, or you know, in, in the sense of what drove them, what was their motivation, what, what did they fear, what did they want, that kind of thing. I, I, I like some fiction, but I used to read a lot of fiction when I was a kid. Now I kind of want to read about actual things. <laughs> How about your Jordan Peterson? Do you know him, Jordan Peterson? Oh yes. Uh, I don't know him personally, um, but I've read his, I read his, uh, his book, his book, uh, the last book. I don't know if it was his only book. I'm trying to think of the title. Twelve um, Rules of Life. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I read it too. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we are very I, fond of him. So. Yeah, no, he's, I mean, he, there's a certain segment of uh, the population that doesn't like him at all. Yeah. Um, uh, because, well... <sighs> He's very uh, blunt and, he, you know, he's being, he's portrayed as a conservative. He would say he's not a conservative. He would say he's just a pragmatist. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, I've read Jordan Peterson. I've read, um, there, there's a very excellent book called Hillbilly Elegy. Oh, okay. And I think they're making a movie of it. And it's about a fellow who wrote his biography and he wasn't famous. But he wrote a biography about he came from a very poor background and became a successful lawyer. And this is what he had to do to do it. And he made several interesting points, one of which is that hard work, like the immigrant story, is necessary. Also, he noted there are several individuals who um, were working that he worked with at stores or whatever, who decided that they didn't want to work very hard and then were surprised when they were fired. <laughs> and, 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 you know, they said, but wait a minute, I have kids. I have a family. How could you fire me? Even though they didn't want to put any time or work or effort in. And he found that ironic or at the very least somewhat, I guess, lack of self-knowledge. Um, I mean, I read everybody. I read everybody because I like to get different perspectives. I mean, I've read Noam Chomsky. I don't agree with a lot of what Noam Chomsky has to say, um, but I've read it. Okay. So what I was saying is, is that diversity of thought and diversity of speech is very important in the sense of if we can't speak or, 
or, or hear freely with regard to different points of view, then that is very bad for society. And if we stop people from talking, that's fascism or totalitarianism in yes. its stead. So if we can't do it, then realistically speaking, there's no sense having the conversation if everybody doesn't get a chance to speak to the conversation. So that's pretty much what I said. So from a point of view of new Canadians or people coming here as immigrants, it's important to hear the point of view because they probably have a different point of view than mine or yours or other people. And in that, there may be a grain of thought or inspiration that we've never had before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it is very important. And in, in, in sometimes you get, uh, I will say it freely, <laughs> you get here in Canada, they, sometimes you get a little kind of scared to speak out and say something because you don't want to. <laughs> like, uh, oh, he's going to feel like I'm trespassing the, I don't know, you know what I mean? In, right. So, well, I think that's everywhere, though. I honestly do. I think that's everywhere, not just uh, in Canada. I think, you know, we have a freer way of thinking and speaking than anywhere else. I think in other countries it can be much worse. But you're right. In Canada, there's this this political correctness. This, exactly. um, um, I was talking about cancel culture before mm -hmm. and, and how dangerous that is where we cancel people from speaking because we don't agree with them. Exactly. I, th I, I think that that's, uh, that's very dangerous. So, but if you're not politically correct or if you don't say anything that is exactly what someone wants to hear, they try to tell you that you should not be speaking at all. Mm -hmm. and, and that is dangerous. So, yeah, it is. So any thoughts about, or maybe making a joke, <laughs> because I don't really love how you, how you express yourself like a, yeah. It's, it's hard to be funny on, on, a, on a spur of the moment. Um, in terms of, in terms of being, I mean, look, when, when we look at everything we're doing right now as a country, um, And the way that everything is going, I, the thing I just wrote, I talked about the fact that this is the, I, I don't know of a year in my life that has been anything like this. Um, this is the worst year of years. I'm sure that during wars, uh, you know, during World War II, during World War I, during the, maybe the pandemic, the first pandemic in 1918, it probably was just as bad. Um, but, but you know, I thought I would get away with living a life without this. I just did. I, I think it's very unfair that this is bothering <laughs> me this way. Um, I, 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 you know, I'm less concerned with everybody else. I'm more concerned with me. And, um, and, and I, I'm, I'm joking, but I think everybody has that thought. I think everybody's thinking, how come I have to go through this? That's the thing. Our sense of entitlement, you know, the interesting thing about this is that we've all led somewhat cushy lives in Canada or in the West. Exactly. Or things mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And now we're faced with how dare, how dare the world do this to me? That's not fair. You know, people are, are in, in other countries and there are people who are less fortunate. There's homeless people, but we've never had to care. Now this really affects us and there's nothing we can do about it. You can't get a job to, to get money to pay for it. You can't fly away to somewhere to get away exactly. from it. You know, you can't dig a hole in the ground and pretend <laughs> it's not there. 
Yeah. It's, 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 it's the great unifier. Everything. This affects everybody, rich, poor, young, old. Uh, and, and that in itself has been interesting. Do you think that uh, the technology was playing a game to get it harder? If we were a little, not that technologic, like uh, iPhones, everything, do you think that we were more calm, <laughs> like uh, getting in, in this situation? Well, I think that the technology does a, goes a long way towards helping it because it helps us create yeah, of and course. word out and, 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 and in other words, so people won't do stupid things and, you know, don't do this, that, don't do that, that kind of thing. So it gets, it, it gets, communication is more widespread, mm -hmm. obviously, and that's helpful to, to communicate what to do. At the same time, the internet has always promoted hysteria, right? I mean, people get always, but it's the good with the bad. I mean, yeah. just take it as you take it. The people that, that, that I, I, I don't understand, and I said this before, is the people that think that this is just a conspiracy. You know, a conspiracy. <laughs> I, what? I, 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 I wish it was a conspiracy. How about that? I'm, I want to believe this is a conspiracy. I want to believe this is made up. It isn't. It, it isn't. Yeah. You know, um, I, want, I want to believe anything bad is, is false. Okay. I want to believe that I do. I'm, I'm a would be conspira conspirator. I'm, but unfortunately, as I said, I'm too old. I've seen too much and, uh, it's, it's real. Yeah, it is. Exactly. So yeah, maybe just sometimes is, is people like we have to learn something because it, the, the only thing they keep us like a, sane is to feel that we were learning something so it's like like okay what this stuff is teaching me that i don't get it maybe to be more patient maybe to be focusing different stuff than i was and and i think well, I, guess, I, I guess we could say that we're learning yeah it makes you a better person it makes you but have you seen all the videos uh, with people going crazy with regard to covid they're screaming they're yelling they're you know, like this makes things better. It's like they call it COVID crazy, right? Uh -huh, you know, like people uh -huh. are, you know, uh -huh. and there's a whole industry of people on YouTube showing these videos of people literally losing it uh, over this. And sure, we should learn to be nicer to each other. We should learn to be better. We should learn to be more hygienic and wash our hands more. Or at least living with your with yourself because we were so distracted that we never take time to really listen to your thoughts and say like okay I'm a fool of shit in my head like right. yeah no absolutely but I think we're all getting tired that's the problem fatigue I, everyone's yes. getting fatigued with it yes. nobody wants to it's like oh and this stop, please. I mean, all right. Okay. We've learned our lesson. Okay. 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 <laughs> move on. Move on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you were a kid and you were sent to detention in school, at least you got out of detention after a while. Exactly. I think yeah. everybody was like uh, ready for four months. We are good. So but then, oh, no, 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 no. And it just keeps going and keeps yeah. going and keeps <laughs> going. Yeah. Anyways. So, so that's pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So your favorite movie now that you really like to write, so you wish have a movie that you really love. Jeez. 
Um, my favorite movie or one of my favorite movies, there's a John Wayne movie called Rio Bravo, which I really like, mm. um, uh, growing up and that kind of thing. I mean, favorite movie. Oh, uh, Mel Brooks. I like, uh, the producers, um, the mo- the first movie, not the one with Matthew, the, with Gene Wilder. I like, uh, uh, like that. Um, so I like older movies. Yeah, I remember my dad. He always like like cowboy movies, Clint Eastwood. Yes. So yes. That's... Oh, I like cowboy movies. Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, so those were movies. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I like cowboy movies. So, um, yeah. something else that you want to add? No, thank you very much for having me. I oh, really appreciate I, I'm, it. I'm so thank you that you say yes because it's it's, it's my it's, you are the first one. In English, so I like okay. <laughs> well, I don't know if you could call how I speak English, but thank you. Uh, uh, if people can understand it, I don't think I'm understandable in any language, but um, but we'll go with it. It's my pleasure. Thanks okay. again. So, any thoughts, like um, like uh, your favorite thoughts to be a little more sane in this situation? No. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a lot of, of hope. I have nothing. I wish I had advice to give people. I really do. I wish I could tell people, do this and you will get through this or you'll feel better. Every day to me is another day of trying to figure out how to get through that day. Oh, wow. That's good. Um, uh, I, I, so there. Okay. I tried saying, take one day at a time. Just concentrate on the day. On the day. Uh but I have no real good advice at all. Really, I don't. In fact, do whatever I do, people should do the opposite. <laughs> if I do something, they should absolutely do something different. Um, because if they do what I do, they're going to end up as silly as I am, which is not a good thing. Oh, thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you. It was, so. it was my pleasure as well. And have a very good day. You too. Bye-bye. Thank, thank you. Bye-bye.